Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We've got the Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham situation to discuss here in New Mexico. And I haven't talked about New Mexico a lot, at least recently in the program. Um, There's a lot of focus on this right now because... She decided by a health executive order, effectively, that open carry and concealed carry rights. I, did I, I think I said Santa Fe before. Apologies. It's Albuquerque, Albuquerque area. Um, so in the Albuquerque area, they have uh, decided, or rather she has decided, that you cannot have concealed carry or open carry. This audience certainly knows what those things mean. Um, for 30 days because of the violence, the gun violence that has been happening in the Albuquerque area here. Now there's already a lot of people who are saying, hold on a second. Um, that's not what state law says. The legislature has not changed the state law. It's also a constitutional issue, a second amendment issue. And she's just saying, well, Cops don't get to tell me because the police are like, what are you doing? She says the cops don't get to tell her what's in the Constitution. Play 10. I'm focused on one thing. Uh, we have the third highest gun-related injuries uh, in the country, 90% higher than the mm-hmm. national average. We lost 143 children between 2017 and 2021. It is unacceptable, and it calls for immediate and swift and bold action. And, frankly, the evidence bears out over and over again. Fewer guns on the streets makes everyone safer, and I'm focused on everyone's constitutional rights, not just those the NRA says I should be focused on. Everything she said there is not true, just as an aside. I mean, the whole thing of less guns on the streets means less, because uh, all it does, we'll get into this, all it does is prevent law-abiding people from having guns. The criminals aren't like, oh, wait a second, you mean the governor said I can't, conceal carry anymore to go rob this liquor store i'd better not take the gun in there with me we'll we'll get into that in a second but clay 
at least, uh, uh, well, a handful of sheriffs, I believe. Here's John Allen, New Mexico Sheriff of Bernalillo. Thank you. I Bernalillo. wish you could see Bunkle trying to lean in as close as he could to read this, uh, this county. <laughs> well, no habla espanol over here, so my, when you get into some of the place names down in, along the border, I'm not great. Um, but anyway, John Allen, the sheriff, says he's just not going to enforce it. Play, play 11. It's uh, unconstitutional. It, it's infringing on people's Second Amendment rights. You say it's unconstitutional. I mean, what is the direction to the deputies? Is it that they would not be able to enforce it, you think? Or what is the argument there? Right there, they won't enforce it. It's unconstitutional. It's not even really an argument in terms of where we would be at in civil court. We have so much violent crime here in Bernalillo County that my deputies would be stuck in civil litigation, if not myself. And I have a bunch of other issues of violent crime. I have gun violence here. We have homicides, so many other issues to just deal with a health order. Clay, this is, first of all, to call it a health order. Some of us said this during COVID. That if they can just declare by health order that you can't collect rent on a home that you own that's rented, if they declare by health order you can't operate your business, what can't they declare by? You can't go to church? right? This was a huge concern. Oh, it's a health emergency, right? Massive gateway to authoritarianism. And and a lot of people walked through that gateway uh, in positions of leadership, including Gavin Newsom. Um, many of them did. And now we have this idea that if you were to have a 30-day moratorium on conceal or open, just basically carrying a weapon, a firearm at all, for those who are otherwise legally entitled to do so, the chance of this stopping anybody from committing a crime with a gun is zero. It's like the gun-free zone sign that is up near uh, Times Square in New York City. I think they're still up. I used to see them up. The people that would bring a gun into Times Square to harm people don't care about the gun-free zone sign. Yeah, and this is just further evidence of what I think is far too common, and I think it's Republicans, Democrats, too, maybe even some uh, chatterbait uh, models. There's just way too many dumb people in politics. And, and, and I don't even particularly care about the argument here. It's a legal zero, Okay. On its baseline, what she is arguing evinces a basic lack of comprehension of the Constitution in general. And I would imagine that almost immediately a judge in uh, in New Mexico would strike this down. But it's just such a dumb argument. I, I, I listen to what she's saying, and I, I just, like, who is advising her? And how did she get elected? How are the people of New Mexico picking such an imbecile to be representing them in the executive office of their state as governor? I mean, it's just it's embarrassing. And this is look, I don't I don't want to get into the argument because I do think this becomes this is what Democrats are doing. Trying to criminalize legal arguments is, I believe, uh, a the wrong direction to go. And that's what they're trying to do, essentially, with everything Jan 6 related for Trump. They're trying to criminalize the legal argument that he was trying to make. And I think there was a, a, a colorable, by which I mean there are lawyers who would agree that this is an aggressive case. There, I don't think there's a senior, single lawyer in America, hardly, who would say, yeah, New Mexico's governor can do this. And so if everybody uniformly agrees that what you're trying to do is unconstitutional, the question then becomes, 
how does this person end up in a position of prominence where she feels comfortable going out? And the answer may well be, Buck, that we're in such a post, uh, post-legal uh post world where, and this is kind of what we were getting at with the last discussion, but it almost doesn't even matter what you argue as long as there's a D or an R in front of your name. Yes. There are people who will go out and say, of course this is fine, even when there's no legitimacy for it at all. Our, our laws have become, in some ways, immensely complicated and sometimes contradictory and convoluted, a whole range of issues. I mean, you look at, uh, Wall Street Journal used to do these, uh, st- these, um, stories on, you know, somebody who was facing a year in federal prison because I think they wrapped a lobster in plastic instead of paper and it violated some overseas. I mean, there's, there's so Every many. Every person listening to us, Buck, to put that into context, could be charged with a felony today for something. There's something Every single you're doing. one of you. There's something yes. you're doing that's technically, that, that's kind of what I mean. We have this immensely complicated series of laws at a time of clear political weaponization and also politicized nullification. Now, I would argue that the sheriffs here in New Mexico are doing the only ethical and legally correct thing, which is we're not going to, they're going to arrest people because of an arbitrary health order having to do with guns that infringes on constitutional rights. It's insane, right? It's yeah. insane. But given the um, the mercurial nature of so many, I shouldn't even say mercurial, that's not even right, the hardened and weaponized approach of so many of these prosecutors that we're seeing now, when you're in an environment of all these complicated and intertangled laws that have different interpretations by different people, whether you're talking about the tax code all the way to you know a whole range of other things, and you have people who are operating in bad faith with a political agenda, in the operation of those laws, you have a big problem as a country. Obviously, Donald Trump coming to mind for a lot of people. Yeah, and by the way, you have to challenge these interpretations of the law in order for them to be struck down. So I'll give you an example of something that I never would have believed would be possible in my home city of Nashville. Buck, in November of 2021, I was at a house party with, like, I think I've told this story on the air, like 15 or 20 people. And the Nashville police showed up and arrested the person who was the owned the home for having too many people in his house in violation of COVID regulations. See, those cops shouldn't have done that. I'm just going to say those cops should have nullified that order that was unconstitutional and insane. But it, once you talk about health, Clay, this is why the whole COVID that, thing that, should have been so scary for everybody. Oh, it's for health. Now no other laws or rules or rights apply. And and that story, for people who may not have heard it, it was, I believe, November of 2021, um, and it may have been, sorry, November of 2020, I believe. Uh, that was when, that in, in the city of Nashville, many communities were doing this. Buck, do you remember when they would say, hey, you're only allowed to stay open as a bar or restaurant till like 9 o'clock because after hours, COVID gets way more dangerous in some way, so they would shut down. So I was out, I guess it was 2020, I was out watching the Alabama uh, LSU football game uh, in a bar. The bar shut down at like 9.30 or whatever time the bars had to close down in Nashville at that point. We then went to a house in downtown Nashville. It's like 15 or 20 people watching games on television. And, uh, and the owner of the home was arrested for violating COVID rules by having too many people in his home. 
I mean, yeah. that happened. So for people out there who are saying, well, how is this uh, public health law going to interact with the guns thing? I give credit to the the, the uh, police officers who were saying we're not going to enforce this. We're basically going to nullify this law because we know it's not legal. But someone has to be prosecuted under it in order for it to be struck down by the court. And until that happens, you can go out and say all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and I just... So many people acquiesced to so much clearly unconstitutional aspects during COVID that I would like to say this is so crazy. Even Joe Biden, Buck. Remember when Joe Biden came out and said, this is, I couldn't believe this. And he said it. He said, this is unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's going to take a while for the courts to strike it down. I think that was on the eviction moratorium, yeah. if I remember correctly. Which I, which I he, just mentioned, yeah. He actually said, this isn't constitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because it's going to take a few extra weeks or months in order for the Supreme Court to strike it down. This was also something that was perfected, really, or, or I should say, a honed technique, uh, of, of bare knuckle politics, of brass knuckle, uh, political fighting, uh, from the Obama administration. The Obama administration, I think, was overturned in in meaning for things the Obama administration specifically did or wanted to do at one point it was like the Obama White House told the Senate when they were and were not actually in session you remember that that, that was yeah. a whole they said well you're you're just kind of pretending to be in session so we're going to do things as though you aren't in session it's like well that's not your job you don't get to do that i think they lost 11 of 13 challenges um Obama's uh, White House did like 13 times they were they did things that they knew were kind of unilateral and 11 times they got overturned on them. But the point was they got away with it for a while. Yeah. And so they viewed it as a political win. They tried at one point, I think the 5th Circuit had to step in. They were going to give residency and uh and work permits to all these not just people under da- uh, DACA but DAPA, deferred uh parents of like yeah. the child arrivals. And the courts were like, wait, you can't just do that. You can't just give them this. I mean, how about three examples in recent history from the Biden administration? Student loan forgiveness, even though it's not forgiveness. They tried to write off hundreds of billions of dollars. Supreme Court said, no, you can't do this. They tried to mandate that every single person out there basically have to get the COVID shot in order to work. And as I just mentioned, the uh, deferment of the eviction moratorium under CDC authorization all three of those things, flagrantly unconstitutional, argued by the Biden administration. Now, the reason why I don't want to be in the position of saying this is so uh, unacceptable legally, there should be consequences for it, is because that's the argument, ironically enough, now being made by the Biden administration's Department of Justice for Donald Trump on January 6th. Because I've, I've hammered this home, but I think it's so important. Whether you agree or disagree with Trump and Mike Pence and all the January 6th related legal dispute, that was not such an insane argument that it couldn't be justified legally. Now, maybe the Supreme Court would have struck it down 9-0. Maybe it would have struck it down 8-1. There are lawyers who would have argued this is aggressive, but we believe this is yeah. valid, and that's why they changed the law. I just, because I there just was an uncertainty. To the, the governor of New Mexico for a second. Uh, Governor Lujan Grisham would think it was just if somebody who had been open or concealed carrying, you can do either in that state, differs uh, state to state, that you should be arrested. Yeah. For that. Like you should be locked in a cell because she feels like it because she has the moronic theory 
that that will somehow make people safer and it doesn't matter that it's violating your constitutional rights. Think of the mentality there. You know, if, if these sheriffs weren't willing to stand up and do the right thing, Clay, you know, somebody could be, you know, uh, I don't know, at a McDonald's, they're open carrying, they're with the wife and kids. And a sheriff's like, look, buddy, I'm sorry, 30-day health moratorium on guns. we got to take you downtown. You're now facing, like, a felony charge. That's insane. Yes. And it would only be struck down if that person were able to challenge it legally, which might take weeks or months. So the process, in many ways, is the punishment. And, again, it just goes back to there is an utter disregard and lack of basic comprehension in many different political realms when it comes to what is and what is not unconstitutional. And unfortunately, coming out of COVID, we saw many flagrantly unconstitutional laws that were enforced. I just gave you an example. I don't think the city of Nashville could arrest a guy for having 20 people in his house when the limit was six. That's what happened. Uh, cell phones have an expiration date. If your cell phone's looking like it needs early retirement, use this opportunity from Pure Talk to upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, ultra-strong glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk text, 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Phone and deal comes with a mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Their U.S.-based customer service team will help make the switch over easy and smooth. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. By the way, Buck, a lot of people still reacting to the last call we got uh, last hour, Mark in Montana. <laughs> if you missed Mark in Montana, he called in to say that he was in a hot spring with three OnlyFans model. Um, and a lot of people are still reacting to Mark's call because we were talking, for those of you who were not listening, uh, in the second hour about the huge controversy that now has emerged in Virginia over a candidate for the Virginia State House who has been involved in alleged sex tapes, be selling them, uh, selling sex acts, I guess, with her husband. But it's funny, like I, when Mark is telling that story and he's in the hot springs, a lot of other people reacting to this, too. Mark somehow ends up in a hot spring with three OnlyFans models. And and I was talking to you off air, Buck. Every time I get in a hot tub, it's like with four fat people from Wisconsin. What are the odds that Mark just is in the hot spring and then boom, three hot twenty somethings who have OnlyFans pages are just next thing talking about all the different sex uh, videos that they're doing with Mark? This is I, li- I like how Mark, I like how like Mark kind of letters. Mark kind of set it up. He's like, look, guys, I don't know how it happened, right? I don't, I'm not saying I'm like you know the luckiest guy or whatever. I'm just happening to tell you that, uh, you know, hey, man, sometimes it's uh interesting things happen to any one of us, you know? Mark and Hot Springs, I mean, uh, maybe the best call we've had on the show in, in months. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, everybody out there jealous of Mark's experience, especially uh, men. Um, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to have, uh, who do we have? Kevin got, Sorbo, uh, Hercules, Kevin the Legendary Sorbo. Journeys. He's got a new book out. We're I bet he's been it. in Hot Springs with OnlyFans models before. There's a hell, hell of a tease. The Biden administration has proven they're not capable of introducing new initiatives without a lot of problems in the process. So when you hear whispers from people in the know suggesting that our federal government is planning a major change to our currency system, time to be concerned. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tawari, we may hear about a change from the currency system we know to a digital dollar system that will be totally new. Business Insider has written about this, writing the U.S. Treasury's efforts to create a U.S. digital currency could be imminent. Tika Tawari believes the official announcement could come as soon as this fall. That's why he released an online video to help you prepare. Go to this website, dollarrecall.com, to see this video. It'll help you prepare on how to opt out of this digital dollar plan that they've got. DollarRecall.com. That's DollarRecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Welcome back in, everybody. Changing it up here for a moment. We're talking to our friend, actor Kevin Sorbo, actor, writer, and director. He played Hercules on Hercules, the Legendary Journeys, uh, from 95 to 99. 
And he's got two things we want to talk about, actually. First up is his book. He's also got a movie coming out next month. The book, Kevin, good to talk to you again, The Test of Lionhood. Tell us about it. It is. I want to backtrack a little bit. Hercules was from 93 to 99. Don't take two years away from me. I worked 14 hours a day for two years. <laughs> so, and then they got to throw Andromeda, five years I, in Andromeda. I just, I just read what they put in front I of me. Know, like I know, I know. It's not the so. first time. It's not the first time. So let's, listen, um, I do a lot of speaking events. And uh, a lot of times I get up there and say, I'm tired of the people out there talking about the silent majority. Where the heck is the silent majority? Why are they not speaking up? I say, I got to wake up the lions because sheep are going to be sheep. Well, Bray Books came to me and they said, we got to do a book about that, about, uh, cause they know where I stand on the whole, uh, you know, what's going on with the kids in our country right now. Let boys be boys. Let boys be boys, and when they get older, let them decide what the heck they want to do with their lives. Stop stop making these changes for kids. The same thing goes for girls. But this is a book about having fathers be around for their children, having fathers be around for the boys, and and be there, part of their life. And I'm taking anything away from women. Women, wives have and mothers have a very important role in the family as well. But we need mother and fathers working together to raise these kids to become strong, strong uh, men and women. And this book deals with a young lion cub, and he's out playing in the woods with his... Uh, Two little sisters, she gets cut by a very poisonous plant. He knows the only way to save her is to go to the mountain and get this special flower that his father showed him how to do. There's no way he can get back to his parents in time and go back the other way to get the flower. So he's got to get past all these obstacles and find courage amongst all the fears got going on there. It's a wonderful children's book. You know what Braves books? Four to 12-year-olds, they do wonderful, wonderful stuff for uh, the kids to really have it. It's, they're very educational because they're certainly not doing the public schools, as you know. Kevin, I'm fascinated by the trajectory. Thanks for coming on, first of all. Secondly, I'm fascinated by the trajectory of Hollywood and the way things have gone. You're talking about when you were a star in those shows, you're working 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think that you would, that Hollywood would go so far political? It's always been political, but sure. it used to be. I'm curious how you would analyze this. When I was a kid growing up mm-hmm. and somebody won an Oscar, and they got up at the stage and they made some sort of political statement. It felt like everybody in America rolled their eyes yeah. and they just said, yeah, you're an actor. You're an actress. What do you know? You're entitled, I guess, to your opinion. But really, we just want to, you know, like watch Titanic or we just want to hear about, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest or whatever it was. When did this pivot happen where it's like, oh, we're going to take celebrities really serious when it comes to their political opinions I feel like that that pivot was really super important, and mm-hmm. it's when Hollywood just totally lost its mind. Well, I I think it was the sixties. I think you look at uh, so even further back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it started then where it really there was no rating system before the sixties. Every movie was pretty much a G or PG rated movie. But the sixties came along and you had rock and roll. You had the assassinations of, you know, Bob and, and Jack and, and Martin Luther and all these people and the, the, the Vietnam War, the heavy, uh, rock and roll really exploding, all these different things, the free love, the hippie movement, everything. And then they started celebrating the anti-hero. They stopped celebrating the good guy doing good things. We started giving more and more credence to bad guys and looking at them as cool people to be. And it only got worse as the decades went along. And so, uh, to me, it's it's been happening. But Hollywood was really conservative back in the, when it started through twenties, thirties, and forties. And even you know, you look at the African American population; they were pretty Republican up until the sixties. The Welfare Reform Act and a couple of other things really changed things quite a bit. But the last fifteen years, it's accelerated on itself. And you know more than anything else, the liberals use hate and anger and divisiveness just to have hate and anger and divisiveness. They need to look up the word liberal, what it means in the in the dictionary. It means everybody's opinion is supposed 
supposed to be okay. But it's such a one-way street. You know they're hypocrites. I'm the first cancel culture victim in Hollywood because of me saying the things I said on Facebook, which was just the truth. They took me down. I lost over 2 million followers. Please follow me on, t- on, on, on Twitter or X as it's called now, but at KSorbs. I do very sarcastic, funny truths like you. I said, you want to get rid of COVID? Tell the Clintons COVID's got something on them. It was kind of those kind of things <laughs> I was posting out there. So, uh, to me, and, and I need, I, I said I need more conspiracy theories because mine have all come true. So the battle is on with that and I got booted out. So I formed SorboStudios.com and Sorbo Studios, uh, with my wife and I, we do a lot of family friendly movies. There's a lot of movies I've been part of in the independent world, not all mine, but because I'm independent, other independent people came to me. I've done like Soul Surfer, God's Not Dead, What If, um, uh, Let There Be Light, my wife and I did together. I got a movie that came out in January called Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist, based on the Left Behind books. And then I got a new one coming out this fall in October called Miracle in East Texas that I also directed. We have John Ratzenberger, Lou Gossett Jr., Tyler Maine, my wife Sam's in it. True story dealing with the 1930 um, con men that went through Oklahoma, Texas, wooing widows out of their money on fake oil wells. True story. They would sell 500% of the shares, declare a dry hole and move on. Largest oil strike in the world happened to them by accident in Kilgore, Texas. It's how the Hunt family became wealthy, actually. And uh, it's pro-oil. That's going to drive them crazy. Pro-capitalism, pro-faith, pro-freedom, pro-patriot. Uh, all these people that want to get rid of oil need to go online and say, how many products are made out of oil? They think it's just gas. If they really want to get rid of oil, then they should get rid of their iPhone, their computer, their toothbrush, hairbrush, hair dryer. There's so many things. But the ignorance of our population, the ignorance of what the public schools have done to kids, um, is just going to continue until we stand up and be lions. Now, Kevin, you've had some some big commercial hits. You mentioned some mm. of the movies. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, God is. Uh, how much? Tell everybody how much money did God is not dead make? God's not dead. We shot for two million dollars and made one hundred and forty million. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's super home run ten times over oh, under yeah. Hollywood terms. I mean, I actually know a couple of people that sure. produce Hollywood. You know, big budget Hollywood films, and you know, if they could get an ROI like that, they you know they'd yeah. be celebrated throughout the whole industry. Oh, yeah. Things feel like there's. Change it a little bit now in a good way. Mm-hmm. You just had, um, uh, you know, you, what was the big, the big movie that just came out, uh, Clay? Um, I'm just blanking on the name right now. Sound of Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Right? Yeah. Sound of, well, Sound of Freedom, Sound of Freedom Sound, just came out. Sound of Freedom. Incre- Sound of Freedom had two good things going for it. Number one, they got signed up by Angel Studios. They shot that movie five years ago. I know I've known Jim Caviezel for years. We had the same manager for a long time. So. Uh, they shot it for about 15 million. They had to buy it back from Disney because Disney was stupid enough not to do it. They went on with, with their, with their Indiana Jones, a $300 million movie that didn't make as much money as, as a Sound of Freedom did. And, uh, uh, Angel Studios has to power through the chosen. They, they got all these people funding that thing, uh, the outside the studios and they said, support this movie and people support it. And then Hollywood came in, which is amazing to me because I told my wife this. I said, you would think this is one thing Hollywood would back at and say, yeah, we're for that too. Cause it's against child sex trafficking, but apparently Hollywood's all for it. So, uh, they came and attacked the movie and a lot of people out there, no matter what side of the fence you're on, no matter what religion or non-religion, they're against sex trafficking too. When they saw Hollywood do it, they said, to heck with this, we're going to support this movie. So that movie is probably going to make close to 250 million worldwide. Is conservative traditional content though ascendant in a way that we've been hoping for for a long time? Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to get to with Sure. You. I think that's gonna. I think it's gonna keep getting better. Independent movies getting better and better. Um, I've got more coming out. Look, with the strike we got going on right now, I had to get a waiver from SAG to even talk about my movie, which was weird because they've never done that before. They've stopped other productions, but not stopped people produce. You know, this movie is done a couple of years ago. We just waited for the right time to get it out until people started going back to the theaters more. Do you? I'm curious, Kevin. How often do people? 
that surprise you mm-hmm. when you see them out in public say, I agree with a lot of what you're saying? You mentioned earlier lions versus sheep. I mean, sure. obviously being willing to speak out is a lion trait. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people who would agree with what you're saying, even in the Hollywood industries, I imagine. How often does that happen, where people say, hey, I'm not willing because of whatever financial pressures or fears they sure. might have, but they say to you privately, keep saying everything you're saying? Well, number one, to get non-Hollywood people, when I go through airports, hotel lobbies, whatever it may be, I get stopped all the time from people. That's not Hercules or Andromeda. They'd say, hey, we loved you on Soul Surfer. Let there be light. Please make more movies like that. And then every time I've been on set, certainly the last six, seven years, I'll get an actor, I'll get a producer, I'll get a camera guy, somebody, come over and go, hey, come here. And we got to go over to the corner of the studio like we're doing a drug deal. And they say, I look around, hey, thanks for being a voice for us. And I go, dude, be a voice for yourself. Yeah. But they're afraid. Fear is a big factor. Hollywood, look, they scream, they scream for, uh, you know, the tolerance, but it's a one-way street with these guys. The, the hypocrisy not only bleeds through Hollywood, the same thing, on, as you know, in D.C. These guys don't care if they lie, they hate the truth, that's kryptonite to them, but I'm going to keep fighting the good fight, and I've been very blessed to keep making movies without Hollywood since they booted me out. I've shot over 60 movies. Not all of them good, but most of them are pretty good. <laughs> Kevin, where can people go? First off, tell everyone the book, and then where they can go or, or plan to go uh, for the movie Miracle in East Texas. Test of Lionhood. Oh, you got it right there, too. Test of Lionhood. Go to bravebooks.com. Bravebooks.com. Very important. Get on there. These are great books, great educational books, great inspiring books. I'm already getting a lot of people coming back to my website saying how much they love it. And for uh, the movie, and actually for the Brave Books, but for my movie, go to sorbostudios.com. Sorbostudios.com. It's a fathom event. It's tough to get independent movies out there to 2,000 screens. Run 750 screens. So please go there now buy tickets now because we only get one weekend if we fill up those theaters we'll get more and more days thanks so much kevin sorber everybody kevin appreciate your work and as you know i'm a big hercules fan so me too that. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff thanks guys good stuff uh, you know uh man, I, I used to watch that one of my uh clay you know one of my um criticisms of just the general entertainment industrial complex all the movies they tend to make about anything ancient Exception is Troy, the movie with Brad Pitt. That was good. But I mean, anytime they do like Hercules or they've made horrible, it's amazing content. They made horrible movies. The, yeah. uh, I, I can't even remember. There's the one Brad with, like, Pitt, the Brad Pitt Troy one. Super that's good. Homoerotic. By the well, way. Well, uh, well. <laughs> no wonder you loved it. <laughs> what? I just, that movie made like $400 million. It was like a, it's good. I'm just saying it's super homoerotic based on my recollections, but it is pretty good. Are you thinking of the Alexander the Great movie? Am I still on the air? Oh, but yeah, you still with yeah, yeah. us, okay. Are you and, with me? And, and, wasn't and, it homoerotic, Her- Kevin? In Hercules, we never did that. Our spinoff show, Zena, uh, Z- uh, spin-off show Zena they kind of <laughs> did that in that show. They kind of did that on Zena, our third year spinoff. Our fifth year spinoff, this is a good, this is a good quiz I'll do to people. Um, we spun off Zena in my third year. A young Hercules in my fifth year, and we had a 20-year-old unknown actor at the time play me as a teenager. And most people don't remember who it was because it was a uh, last one on two years. It was a 20-year-old Ryan Gosling. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. And you think Ryan Gosling is going to play you, Clay in you the think, Yeah, I know he's, bar, so, he's doing Barbie yeah. movies now. Which once again, men are useless. Women are better off without men. I mean, what that's what the movie does. I mean, it made a lot of money. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it from so many people. Go check out Kevin's book and his movie, everybody. Kevin, thank you so thank much. You. We do have to go to a break now. That was fun, though. I didn't realize we had to. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it was like the voice of Zeus coming down to tell I know. us what was really happening there. That was fun. Speaking of masculinity, folks, you want arms like Hercules? Let me tell you, you got to check out Chalk. 
Chalk supplements. They help guys as they contend with age and diminished levels of testosterone. It happens to everyone, but you can do something about it with chalk. Their male vitality stack is formulated with natural ingredients that have been proven in studios to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone in the male body. That's uh, crucial for given how important it is to have the right level of testosterone. You can learn about how chalk can give your T levels a natural boost by going online to chalk.com. That's spelled C-H-O-Q. When you subscribe for a monthly delivery of their popular male vitality stack, use my name, Buck, to get 35% off life. Start feeling like Hercules. Give yourself a chalk supplement. Check it out. If you don't feel a difference after three months, you can always cancel. Reclaim some of that testosterone, some of that masculinity with more energy, stamina, and focus by trying chalk supplements. Go to chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I 
detached from my, this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Closing up shop on the Tuesday edition of the program. Encourage you, as always, go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. You can join the tens of millions of people who are subscribing every single day. Our network includes Tudor Dixon. She is going to sit down. Tudor was on with us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, talking with Donald Trump, uh, Tudor Dixon was. She is sitting down and talking with Nikki Haley. I believe that is up tomorrow. Uh, so you guys can check that out as well if you're interested in that conversation. The movie Troy, Brad Pitt, Achilles. I remember it being quite homoerotic. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I'm clearly not as masculine as our guy Mark from Montana who was with three OnlyFans models in the hot springs, but... I remember uh Brad Pitt and Patroclus. I don't remember who played Patroclus, Achilles and Patroclus. This is my recollection of the Trojan War. I remember that coming off a little bit a uh, little bit homoerotic. And your point is the Greeks were not necessarily known for running from homoeroticism. The early Olympics were all nude, which uh that would be uh, quite the scene today. Um mm-hmm. so uh so who knows. You don't have any recollection like that. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot speak to a recollection of how great is it that Kevin Sorbo is still there listening. He's like, Hey, am I, am I, am I, am I yeah, still like, on? Am I still, can I weigh in on this yeah. one? Uh, I think it was a, um, who's the, the, uh, the very excellent, uh, English director who did the, the Troy movie guys. You know what I'm talking about? He's also, um, ah, uh, Ridley I've got Scott. It pulled up because I was at, yeah, was Ridley Scott who did that one? I think, I think so. I love Ridley Scott's one of my top three directors. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan, so I like. So he I did like Gladiator, that. and he did, uh, and he did the the uh, the the Brad Pitt movie. That's like uh, pretty crazy, huh? He did Kingdom of Heaven. I'm trying. Oh no, Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah. Whoa. I'm sorry, now. Wolfgang Peterson did uh, did Troy, and it was written by David Benioff. I only know that name. Oh wow. Because of Game of Thrones, he became yeah. a showrunner for Game. I of didn't Thrones. know that. So you've got some talent. Uh, Talent in that, and that movie. it was a huge uh, movie at the time. Probably Eric Bana's biggest moment. That and uh, and Black Hawk Down, or Eric Eric. Well, I guess the Hulk. I heard the Hulk movie was trash. I never even really saw it. Um, I, I know, um, you know, I did freshman year of college, Buck, an entire class on the Iliad, which is if people haven't read the Iliad, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and obviously that's the source material for the movie Troy. So I would encourage you to actually read the Iliad as opposed to watching the movie Troy. But maybe if you got kids out there and you're always like I am trying to get your kids to read, um, which is a battle when they've got the new Madden that's always out and they're running around, uh, at least my two youngest, it's hard to get them to read anything. Um, sometimes you have to, you know, sort of tempt them by saying and there's going to be a movie on the back end that we can all watch together but the iliad is is incredible if you have and and by the way no matter how old you are if you're 65 and you're listening to me right now and you've never read the iliad it really is an incredible read once you get into um the the you know the the pentameter and the way that story is told it is captivating it is incredibly well done i i completely agree i just think there should be more 
content from ancient uh, Greco-Roman civilization in, in, in movies and, and TV shows that's high quality. Some of it's really like the Immortals. That's the one I was thinking of recently. It's just not good. A lot of CGI. It's trash. The HBO show Rome with Titus Pullo and, uh, and that whole. How many I, years I did big, they do there? Only two seasons, I think. Because it was so it was expensive, three. right? It was yes. one of the most expensive shows HBO ever did at that point. It was such a good. I thought that show was so good. It is very graphic. Very graphic. Like even I was like, I don't. It's like Game of Thrones level graphic, really. Yeah. Um, but it was a very good show for what it was. But yeah, man, you know, I'm going to go and read, uh, I'm going to go back and dust off my copy of the history of the Peloponnesian War here, Thucydides. We're going to go have some fun. It's going to be a wild day over here in the Sexton household. You might be the only person in Miami reading that in the whole uh, greater South Florida That is region. a very safe bet. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a loaded show for you tomorrow. More breakdown of the impeachment and all of the craziness at the border. Thanks for hanging with us, Clay and Buck, Wednesday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.